What's up, everybody? This is your host, Chris, and you are now tuning in to episode four of Spit That Game. Listen, week nine has come to a close. We've got some major upsets that took place this weekend. We've got some games that were good. We've got some games that just surprised us, and we've got some games where they were just sloppy games, raining, wet. They were kind of boring to watch, but yet significant games. Listen, for the next few minutes, I'm going to be talking with you for the next 25 to 35 minutes of your time. Listen, if you can sacrifice that just for me, I promise you I will not hold you long. This is your host, Chris, and you're now tuning in to Spit That Game. What's up, everybody? We are back. And listen, week nine was a game. Well, not game, but it was a weekend of games uh, that had you on the edge of your seat. It was a weekend of games that just surprised you, man. And and I'm telling you, we, we, we're, I'm just ready to dive right into this weekend because there was some, some surprises this weekend, some shaking up going on in the playoff race, man. And, and I tell you, um, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't been excited to get into a weekend as of yet, but I am right now. Listen, first off, we're going to go ahead and get my team out of the way, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Arkansas came into Tuscaloosa, man, um, and everybody expected Alabama to kind of drop off a little bit, being that Tua did not play. But the score, you know, was pretty uh, – the game was pretty much over at halftime. Um, Bama forced three, maybe four turnovers in the first half, and – they just ran away with it. Uh, Arkansas scored seven. Alabama scored 48. Um, the biggest encouraging sign of that game um, we'll get to in a second, but Mac Jones did exactly what I said he would do. Uh, he threw the ball um, 18 to 22 times. Well, I said he'll throw it 18 to 22 times, and the crazy part about it is he got 18 of 22 completions. Um, so that's a good thing. He had 235 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Bama had a total of 459 yards on offense, 280 total passing yards. Um, 179 rushing yards. They averaged, and this was an encouraging sign, 4.7 yards per carry. Um, Najee Harris got the run game going, 13 carries for 86 yards, um, two touchdowns, 6.6 yards per carry. So that was the encouraging sign watching that game. The Alabama offensive line pretty much dominated the line of scrimmage. But that's not the biggest biggest encouraging sign um, coming out of that game, man. If you watch that game, Alabama's defense just flat out dominated. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to and I'm going to say this: Terrell Lewis is on the loose. And and I already we, we we as Alabama fans pretty much already knew what the guy was capable of. We was just waiting for him to get healthy. And now that he's a hundred percent healthy, everybody in the country is witnessing what this guy can do. He had only three tackles, but yet and still, with those three tackles, he had six quarterback hurries. And if you just watch him get off the line of scrimmage, man, he has a very quick first step. Um he's very strong, so he can bull rush. Um Offensive lineman, he can put a spin move on me. He has quick hands. Um, Terrell Lewis just flat out 
dominated on the defensive line. The secondary played uh, well that game. They uh, That interception that Trevon Diggs uh, caught, I like the way that they passed off um, the running back to one another instead of getting caught up in that screen, which there was um, a pass interference on the offense on that play. I like what Alabama did watching that game, man. It was a pretty much – uh, it was pretty much a dominant performance from the beginning. Um, Alabama skated out of Bryant Denny with that win. Um, not really much to say about that game. Just impressed, and I'm glad that um, we had a game like that with our star quarterback being injured, our our best player being injured on the team in Tua Tagovailoa. Um, Mac Jones stepped up and did his job. Sarkeesian made it easy for him. Um, so it was it was a pretty good game overall, and I think it's an encouraging sign for this Alabama team. I think it's an encouraging sign more so for the Alabama fan base, especially me watching that defense improve going into a bye week, going into a game against LSU where it's going to be a good game, a, 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 a chippy game, and I just feel like Alabama's defense is improving and is elevating at the right time of the year. Um, so watching that game, I'm encouraged. Listen, we're going to get into the game of the week, the game of the week, the Auburn-LSU game. Um, I watched that game. Uh, I watched that game from beginning to end. And in the beginning, you know, I gave Auburn a chance to win um, because the defense came out and just you watched those first couple of drives, man. Joe Burrow looked – I mean, he he was shook back there. Uh, playing quarterback he was I mean Joe Burrow looked like a deer caught in the headlights only for a second um, and then he turns it on scores that first touchdown but but what I'm what I'm watching in this game is how Auburn gave up 508 yards but in those 508 yards they held a team that averages 50 plus points a game only they held them to 23 points and if you watch that game, it shows you that Auburn has a very elite defense. They have a very elite defense, but what hurts them is their offense. When you look at when you look at um, this game, man, Auburn could not stay on the football field on offense. Um, watching that offense, man, they don't have right now the the schemes to beat anybody, and. You watch this Auburn offense. Bo Nix uh, looks lost at times. Um, Bo Nix just—I I feel t watching this game. I just feel like Joey Gatewood would give them a better chance. He's the more physical guy. He's the bigger guy, and I just feel like Auburn right now on offense does not have an identity. I mean, 287 total yards, 157 pass yards, um, 130 rushing yards when and you're a team that averages almost 270 80 yards a game rushing the football and Bo Nix man 15 of of 35 for 157 yards I mean that's not going to beat an LSU team especially in Baton Rouge you've got to be better and right now the Auburn fan base is is getting pretty uh, restless because they want to see a quarterback change. And I completely understand because 
right now, Bo is not getting it done. And this Auburn team has a championship defense. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I can't be biased. Watching that Auburn defense, the way that defensive line just flies to the football, and and the way they just dominate the line of scrimmage, and of course that first touchdown that Joe Burrow threw. I mean, the the referees missed two or two holding calls. Um, uh. Coming around the edge, the guy literally had the defensive end by the neck. And then uh, coming up the middle, Derrick Brown was being held by two men, at two two of the offensive linemen. And they missed a couple of crucial calls. But I, in the end, I feel like those calls did not really determine the game because Auburn's offense, once again, they're not right now built to beat anybody. They're not built to beat anybody, and and not saying they're not built to beat beat anybody, but the game planning, the schemes. I mean, you have to adapt to the team that you're playing against, and I just feel like Gus is so stuck in his own head and in his own offense that he will not adapt to what's going on um, in the weeks that he has to play against a different team. I mean. Uh, people are criticizing Gus Malzahn big time right now, and I'm one of those critics, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Auburn fans that are critics of this offense right now that it just this offense just is not going to get the job done. This offense, um, the way Gus is running this offense, they they won't win a championship. So it's time for some changes. I, I'm In my belief, it's time for Gus to be a head coach and bring in somebody um, that you'll allow to run an offense and just be a head coach and, and allow them to plan and scheme and, and you plan and scheme with them. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm going to take my hands off of it. Watching that game, uh, the Auburn defense was frustrated. You can go listen to some of the interviews. Uh, you can tell they were frustrated by the play of the offense. LSU gets the win in Baton Rouge. Joe Burrow, 321 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um and LSU going into this Alabama game, I'm pretty sure they're confident. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the receivers for LSU, Jefferson, uh, was saying that they're coming into T-Town and they're going to go for the head. They're going to dominate. So uh, the trash talking has already started, and it's Monday. <laughs> um, and knowing Nick Saban, he's not going to allow any of his players to do that, but he is going to allow his players to feed off of the – the trash talk that LSU is doing right now, and he's going to allow them to play on the field. Um, so I've got a feeling that's going to be a good game. But LSU leads out of there with the with the victory. Um, moving on to another SEC game that took place, uh, Mississippi State uh, versus Texas A&M. I made a bold prediction, and my bold prediction was completely wrong, man. Texas A&M came out and just dominated on offense. I mean – uh, 441 total yards, 234 passing, 207 rushing yards. Um, Kellen Mond um, came back, had a bounce back game. He came out and had the game, type of game that you envision him having all year. 17 of 23, very efficient passing, 234 yards, three touchdowns, nine carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns. He had an awesome game, but the play of the game to me was watching Rodgers, the receiver, when he made that play going into the end zone, and he fought his way to stay up right to go into the end zone to score that touchdown. It was a pretty good game. Moorhead, um, he can walk away with some good. He can walk away with some bad for his Mississippi State Bulldogs from this game. Watching this game, um, Schrader, 
Uh, he's still a true freshman. That's something we have to take into consideration. So Moorhead is going to work with him. I think Schrader will be a better player for the Bulldogs next year. He's still in the developing stage, so I think he's going to be okay. They had 239 rushing yards, which is not such a bad thing. Um, so I, I think Mississippi State has some stuff that they can build on um, throughout going through the rest of this year, going through towards the end of the year. I think they have some things that they can build on. And I just feel like Mississippi State will be better maybe next year. But this just isn't their year. Um, they have a freshman quarterback, and he has to go through those growing pains as a freshman quarterback. And I honestly feel like right now, I'm not trying to be funny, but as a freshman quarterback, he's having a better year than Bo Nix. Um Sorry, I'm just I, I just I just have to be real about that. Listen, moving on to the next game. Um and it's not Bo Nix's fault, y'all excuse me. It's not Bo Nix's fault. I mean, you have to build your offense around the type of players that you have. And in my mindset, I just believe that Gus Malzon is in his head to the point where he's going to run his offense regardless of what type of quarterback he has. And that's the special thing about a lot of these offensive coordinators in the NCAA, coordinators like Sarkeesians, coordinators like Lincoln Riley, coordinators like Lane Kiffin. They're able to build their offense around the type of quarterback that they have. And that's one of the things you can respect about those guys is they're willing to do that and, you know, adapt to the type of player that they have and not making the player adapt to them. Um, looking on to the next game, South Carolina versus Tennessee. Um, I had South Carolina win in that game, but I was fooled again. Um, Tennessee won by 20. They bounced back from the loss in T-Town, and they come out and beat South Carolina. The defense looked okay as far as the run defense. Feaster, who came off a game against uh, Florida – and had a great game against Florida. I think he had 147, 57 rushing yards or more. Um, I can't remember the exact stats, but I know he had over 150 rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken, against Florida. And they hold the South Carolina Gamecocks to only 78 rushing So Jeremy Pruitt, that defense is getting a little bit better uh, week by week, if you may say. Uh, they had 485 um, total yards, 351 passing, 134 rushing. Uh, they played two quarterbacks. Um, Truitt and uh, Garantano and I think Tennessee um, is feeling pretty good about where they're headed um, maybe going into the next season with the young team that they have this year so they're having to go through growing pains as well um, and you got a lot of young teams in the SEC right now, which means the SEC in a minute is going to be that conference that it was maybe five to, to seven years ago when you had Ole Miss, when you had to worry about Arkansas, when they had Bobby Petrino, um, when you had to worry about Auburn, when you had to worry about LSU, when you had to worry about Mississippi State, when you had to just about worry about everybody. Um, I think the SEC is going to build back up that. You got a lot of young teams right now playing in the SEC, and I just feel like in the next couple years, the SEC is going to be tough if you look at these teams and their rosters. Right now, I feel like Will uh, Muschamp is on the hot seat in Columbia. Uh, fans are getting restless. They're getting tired of seeing these up and down seasons. You win one big game, and then you come back and you lose two uh, more games and and right now South Carolina at three and five. I just feel like Muschamp has to win out in order to keep his job. Otherwise, I feel like the the 
you know, athletic directors and everybody's going to get prepared to move in a different direction if Muschamp does not turn things around out there in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Jeremy Pruitt, I think Tennessee will give him another year, maybe year and a half to turn some things around. And I think he deserves that because he went into Tennessee without the type of players and team. Uh, that's his type of that's his, that fits his style of play as a defensive coordinator. And he's still trying to figure out who's going to uh, call the offense or how the offense should be called. So I just think Jeremy Pruitt gets a little bit more time um, out in um, Knoxville. Moving on to the Kentucky and Missouri game, sloppy game, wet game, rainy game. I had Missouri winning, but I did not check the weather, and that's more – of what I'm going to try to do uh, in my predictions from now on is check the weather before I give my predictions because I believe this weather is messing with my predictions, man, me not checking the weather. So I'm looking at the game, and Mississippi – I mean, not Mississippi State. Missouri comes out. Um, they look sloppy. I don't even think Kelly Bryant finished that game. Um, watching that game, um, Kentucky won the game by running the football. Three yards away from 300 yards rushing, only 63 yards passing. Uh, they pounded the ball on Missouri. Missouri does not right now look like the defense that I thought they were, which I said they haven't played anybody worth talking about. So now that defense is starting to look a little uh, pretty much exposed and not the defense that we thought they were. Um so, yeah, I mean, not really much to talk about in that game because I really didn't watch that game. I watched a little bit of it, and it was kind of, you know, one of those things where Kentucky was up at 1.12-0, and with the wet weather, I kind of felt like Missouri didn't have a chance to come back with all of that going on. So, yeah, I had Missouri win, and they didn't, they didn't win, and – they messed up my predictions, or the weather is messing up my predictions. But something's going on, and I'm going to start checking the weather because I, I can't keep making these predictions and not getting them right. And Auburn and LSU score was almost what I predicted as well. So, yeah, I think I'm 0-3 in those games. I picked LSU to win. I picked Alabama to win. So I'm 2-3 this weekend. I'll take that, I guess, me not knowing the weather condition. condition. And Texas A&M, they didn't have any bad weather. So, <laughs> I, I just got to get my weather uh, predictions, weather uh, reports before I predict these games. And that's something I'm going to do from here on out because it's messing with my predictions. Moving on to the outside of the conference. Um, there were some games outside of the conference. I'm not going to talk about the Penn State game much. The Penn State-Michigan State game, that was a wet one. Um Penn State wins 28 to 7. Uh they were um they showed their maturity a little bit. They came out, jumped on the Michigan State Spartans, didn't allow them to come back, but you got to realize this Michigan State offense is not a great offense this year. Um their defense is a little better than the offense, but still their defense is just not that Mississippi State defense that we're used to seeing. Um so, you know, under Mike D'Antoni, I I just feel like uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, you pretty much knew Penn State was going to win that game. So I'm I'm looking at the fact. Did I say Mike D'Antoni? Golly, man, I'm thinking about basketball. Um, 
I'm sorry, guys. Uh, did I say Mike D'Antoni? I meant to say Mark D'Antonio. My God, where's my head tonight? But um, anyway, Michigan State, um, not not they didn't have the defense that we're used to seeing under um, Mark D'Antonio. So I'm I'm looking at the fact that Penn State won that one. I just feel like even still with Penn State winning that game, Ohio State right now, and that's the game I'm about to go into, is the most dominant team um, right now, not only in the Big Ten, but I feel like they're dominating college football. If you look at this Ohio State and Wisconsin game, 38-7, to the game started out wet, raining. Um, but listen to this stat line, man. 191 total yards that the Ohio State Buckeyes gave up to Wisconsin. 108 passing and 83 rushing with the best running back they consider to be in the nation of Jonathan Taylor. They only held him to uh, 52 yards on 20 carries. That's an average of 2.6 yards per carry. This Ohio State defense, guys, is for real, man. I mean, I watched that defense. And I'm going to tell you, Chase Young is a different breed of a player. And I said that at the beginning of the year. Chase Young is the type of player, man, that can change a game um, very quickly. Chase Young had four sacks, two forced fumbles in this game. And if you look at his season, 13 and a half sacks through eight games and five forced fumbles, Chase Young is a man amongst boys right now. And I just feel like there's not a, 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 a team in the country unless you double-team him. And even if you double-team him, you, he still beats double-teams. I mean, this dude is a freak of nature, man. Uh, 6'5", 265 pounds with a quick first step with, 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 the, with, with very um, great with, with great strength. And Chase Young is just a different breed of a player. J.K. Dobbins also went off on the offensive side of the ball. Josh Fields did not have to do much um, in this game. He did not have to do much at all. He did not have to do much at all to win this game. Uh, J.K. Dobbins did 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 the running back, the running game did it all for uh, the Buckeyes in this game. So watching that game, I just feel like right now Ohio State is the, the team to beat in the country. Um, everybody has their eyes on LSU and Alabama. And don't get me wrong, uh, I feel like those two teams are the top two teams, but Ohio State is making a case by the victory margin that they have, by the way they're just dominating on defense and offense, uh, the balance that they have. I just feel like right now they're making a very strong case for themselves. Moving on to the next game, Notre Dame versus Michigan. Um, <laughs> once again, the weather, man. I've got to make sure I'm getting my weather reports. Uh, 45 to 14, Michigan flat out dominated that game. Uh, 303 rushing yards. Didn't have to pass the ball too much. 437 total yards in that game. Haskins, Charbonnet, Wilson did it by committee. Uh, running for 303 yards, and they had a couple of other running backs in the mix, but those, mix, but those were the main three. Um, Notre Dame, man, 180 total yards, and I had them winning two turnovers. Um, man, I'm, I'm Brian Kelly, I, I believe Notre Dame fans right now are ready to uh, – about ready to pull the plug on Brian Kelly as well. I mean um, – you know, they're, they're having too many up-and-down years. 
And I just believe right now that these Notre Dame fans are getting very restless when you look at the body of work that Brian Kelly has done um, in, you know, Notre Dame so far, but I, I, I at, at Notre Dame so far. But, I mean, it seems like he can't win the big games. Uh, and right now, they I think they're getting restless out there. Um, plus, there are talks of either Notre Dame or – USC for uh, Urban Meyer. So be on the lookout for those rumors as well. You heard it here. Um, also, um, I don't know, man. Michigan defense showed up uh, this game. They were pretty dominant. But as I said, I charge it to the fact that it was wet, sloppy game. And Michigan has the defense and offense that is built for that. Notre Dame is not a just dominant run team. So, I just predict that Michigan, with those conditions, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. I did have Notre Dame winning that game. Once again, I was wrong. Uh, anyways, moving on to the next game, uh, Oklahoma and Kansas State, the surprise of the weekend. Uh, besides Texas losing to TCU, and I'll get further into that in a minute, but Oklahoma and Kansas State, I watched that game, both teams over 400 yards, to Oklahoma almost 500 yards total three yards away but watching that game watching that game I'm just gonna say this Kansas State was the more physical team in that game uh, and listen to this time of possession this is how you beat Oklahoma 38 minutes that Kansas State has had the ball to Oklahoma's 21 minutes and 52 seconds now, listen, if you're going to beat an Oklahoma team, that's how you beat them. But not only that, uh, Kansas State was at one point was up 48-20. to 20, And I believe later on in the fourth quarter, I think they were at a point where they were just like, let's just get through. I kind of think I think Kansas State kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. And against a team like Oklahoma, you cannot take your foot off the gas pedal. You have to keep it going. And they were almost they, – they almost um, – we're going into overtime if um, that that review does not give uh, them the ball back and it keeps the ball in possession of Oklahoma. But Kansas State dominated, man. I mean, they were physical at the line of scrimmage. They hit them hard. They hit Jalen hard. They hit the running backs hard. And and me just watching that game, man, I, I saw Oklahoma shook. And everybody was talking about how improved that defense is. Well, Oklahoma showed their true colors this weekend uh, with that defense because they missed tackles. Um, I, I, I just and, – and Murray, to me, didn't show up as much as he's been in the past few games. So, watching that game, um, Kansas State just dominated, man. And then, um, also with Oklahoma, I believe their playoff chances just got a bit tougher. Um, they moved to number 10. I'm going to talk about the polls in a minute. They moved to number 10. And I just believe right now that Oklahoma is in a situation where it's going to be tough for them because Texas lost to TCU. And that was the biggest signature win that Oklahoma had this year. And with Texas losing to TCU and possibly dropping into the, you know, 20s or maybe out of the rankings. Uh, let's see where did Texas drop. Um... I believe Texas dropped completely out of the top 25. So that's not a good look on Oklahoma's resume. 
not at all right now. Um, the only chance I say they have to make the playoffs is that they have to beat Baylor and they have to win the conference championship. Um, so I, I just say Oklahoma – uh, they control their own destiny right now, but winning. But even then, you look at some of the other teams' schedules that may have one loss, and when you compare it to Oklahoma's, I just don't see any comparison um, when it comes to a one-loss team in the SEC or the Big Ten that compares uh, that Oklahoma can say our schedule and our wins are better than theirs, even in the Pac-12. I mean, I don't know, guys. It's, it's going to be a tough tough one this year for the playoffs. Listen, um, the, the rankings this week, the rankings this week, uh, Auburn jump uh, moves back to number 11. Oklahoma moves back to number 10. Um, Utah is in the top 10. Oregon is in the top 10 at number 7. So you got two Pac-12 teams in the top 10. You got Georgia right there at number 8. Oregon, I mean, Florida at 6. Penn State at 5. Clemson at 4. O Ohio State at 3. Alabama at two and LSU at well-deserved number one. They have the more significant significant wins this year as far as beating top ten and top five teams. So hats off to LSU right now on taking that number one spot. But we are looking forward to that game going into T-Town on uh, not next Saturday, but uh, November the 10th, November 9th, November, November 9th. November 9th. So, um, looking forward to that game. It's a lot of trash talk going on amongst the fans, amongst the teams. Um, and you just have to um, – you just have to um, – you just have to be excited, man. Uh, one and two, LSU looks better than they did uh, last year. Uh, and I just feel like that's going to be a a a battle. It's going to be a battle. Um, but I I, I know uh, we we spent the last almost thirty minutes, maybe thirty minutes, uh, with you. But before we leave, before we leave, I do want to leave you with a quote, as we always do. I want to give you this quote today. Um, Once you learn to quit, it becomes nothing but a habit. And that quote comes from the great Vince Lombardi. Listen, don't make quitting an option because if you quit once, you'll quit again. Always fight for what you want. Always work hard for what you want. If it's, if, if it's hard to come by it, then that means it's going to be worth it in the end. Do not give up on what it is you want to do. Do not give it up on, it, on what it is that you're dreaming about. Just have faith. Hold on. And do not quit. Listen, man, you've been with me for the past 30 minutes. Um... We talked about week nine. We talked about the games. We talked about the scores. My hope is that you enjoyed it, that I gave you some spit that game type of facts. Listen, moving on into the next episode, we're going to deal with the predictions for this weekend. It's going to be another good weekend of football in my belief. But before I leave, I want to thank you for sacrificing the last 25 to 35 minutes with me. Just this is your host, Chris. And listen, man, I enjoyed every last moment that we were on the episode today. Thank you for tuning in. This is Spit That Game. I'll speak with you, not see you, because I can't see you. Speak with you next time. Peace out.